Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast, and I'm your host, Lisa Field, owner and director of Lucky Star Art Camp, a women's art and home living sleepaway camp held annually on the banks of the Guadalupe River in Hunt, Texas. On today's podcast, I'll be talking to Lucky Star instructor Emily Louise Jacks. Emily is a director, designer, planner, and self-professed flower lover. A born and raised Texas gal, Emily moved to sunny Southern California and then made the bold move to leave a successful corporate advertising career for a job at a local flower shop and eventually opened her own event planning and design firm, Louise George Vez. They say you can take the girl out of Texas, but apparently not for long. Emily has recently reconnected with the beautiful city that is San Antonio, and presently she shares her Texacali style and love of people, planning, and design as studio director with local interior design firm Carla Router Designs and Company. Welcome to the podcast, Emily Jacks. Today's episode is brought to you by No Issue. Hey, Lisa, I want to create some cool packaging for my business. Oh, yeah, no issue. Okay, but who should I use who cares about the environment, customizes to my brand, and is easy to work with? No issue. Okay, yeah, I get it's no issue, but who does that? No issue does that. I worked with them on my registration boxes, and their products are not only sustainable, but they're also beautiful. Check out www.noissue.co to learn all about the products they create to make your brand really stand out. It's no issue. Emily! Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I have a podcast. I know. I'm looking at you so official with that big mic. I'm like, wow. My giant microphone microphone and my headphones and like all the things. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell everybody right off the bat, full disclosure, that Emily and I were roommates at UT, the University of Texas in Austin. We actually met each other our freshman year because we lived in the same dorm. And then we ended up being roommates after that, our sophomore year, I guess. Right? Yes. Sophomore? Yeah. So, <laughs> Emily and I have known one another for a long time. And I guess it's been, gosh, how many years? How many times have you taught at Lucky Star? Four? Five? Probably five. Yeah. I think so, right? Yeah. So... Emily has been teaching at Lucky Star uh, for a long time. I'm going to let her tell you guys all about her story and what she's been up to for the last few years. But um, so, yeah, we'll start with that. So, Emily, give us a little bit of background. Where'd you grow up? All that good stuff. Yeah, well, um, I am... Texas born and raised. I actually grew up in um, Corpus Christi, so hilariously, just a hop, skip, and a jump, obviously, from you, but somehow our paths um, never crossed. I um, went to high school in San Antonio, college in Austin, um, did a stint in um, in Dallas, and then found myself in um, Southern California and Los Angeles. Um 
I started my career in marketing and advertising and following planning my own wedding, I had um, the brilliant idea to leave a fantastically paying career in pursuit of going to work at a flower shop and starting an event design and floral design business. But honestly, it was um, the you know best decision ever. Um, have loved every minute of it since then. I recently, well, gosh, what is it now? Like three years ago, moved back yeah. to Texas. Um, currently live in San Antonio. I um, am now a studio director at an interior design firm where I still get to practice my love of um, floral art and design. And um, that brings me here today. That is, that, like, I'm so intrigued by what you do now, but also, okay, I want to go back to, back to college, well, or just after college, when you went out to California and you had your corporate job. Tell me about that job a little bit. What did you do? Like, what were you doing on day? Um, I was in um, a combination role of project management and client service. So it was um, definitely, it was managing essentially a creative and a technology team for clients um, in, you know, consumer packaged goods, telecom, I mean, you, uh, you name it. But my specific position was not particularly creative. I led the team and was in charge of budgets, timeline, um, making sure we delivered on the, the client's expectations um, on time and on budget. Yeah, important stuff. <laughs> of course. And it was, so, I mean, and so, so important for then taking all of that and applying it later to starting, you know, my own business that then essentially let me tap into other um, creative aspects and outlets that I was missing a bit in that, that first career. So what was it about planning your own wedding and that, that season of your life? Like, what was it that made you jump off and decide to start that business? I think um, really, well, at, at that time, I was working much more in the digital space. So a lot of what I was building was, um, you know, computer generated games, or it was um, websites. And what I found, I, I, and I didn't really know it at the time, but I think maybe in my gut, I did, that I was missing out on seeing the interaction of that person um, with that brand or with essentially the product that we were building. Right. And, um, and I just desired something like more experiential, more, um, more rewarding, and ultimately to have, you know, selfishly probably a little bit more say in what the creative um, in product aspect of it was. If that, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, aesthetics are important, right? And like, I, I'm wondering if you 
knowing your design eye that you have, if you were working on games and a lot of digital stuff, I would imagine that you were missing some of that, like just the hands, the tangible, the tangible stuff. Oh, absolutely. And I remember when we, um, in one of my positions, we moved into a new um, space and we were redesigning it. And I felt so inclined to get involved and to give, you know, input maybe in a way that I hadn't historically or that my, um, uh, my employees and my coworkers didn't even fully understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I can totally, like, I can relate to that in a big way. You know, I sound like such a dork. Like all I was was like this, like number, you know, like crunching paper <laughs> person. <laughs> totally not a dork. Oh my gosh! And I, you know, you you've helped me with some lucky star marketing stuff and social media stuff. And I remember when you first moved back to Austin after, I mean, back to San Antonio after having your business and all of that, and then getting back into the workforce and that, you know, kind of a little bit of corporate stuff again. I mean, you're definitely back, you're back in it. And I remember yeah. what it was like for you to dive back into all of that stuff. And you're so good at it, but I know there's a learning curve that comes from being out of that situation for a while. How was that for you? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, I think it's been about achieving a balance, you know, there, um, as you know, you know, with Lucky Star, I mean, having your own business, um, there's a lot of stress, you know, and pressure that, um, that comes with that. And it's things like, you know, people don't think about, about, you know, like you're covering your own, um, you know, like medical insurance, right. And like the next paycheck is based on like what you're, you know, bringing, um, bringing in. So I think where like, I've, I have found that balance is in a space that still enables my creativity yet still giving me some security. If that right. Makes sense. So it was certainly, you know, after 10 years of having my own event design business, it was, um, you know, it was a bit of a wake up call <laughs> getting back and, you know, waking up and actually having to get dressed and not be able to okay, be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the entire day. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And have to be on, you know, all day yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. That, that is. That's the side of like you were saying with business. Like it's so many people don't see all the different parts of it, you know, and it never, when you have a business, there's no five o'clock ever. Right. It's like, no. it never ends. Like I, I sometimes take my laptop to bed and Roger's like, really? you're still working. Like, well, yes, I am. It feels like it never stops. Well, but like you, like, like you, I also feel like I get to do this creative and business balance. Plus I have a job too. And that obviously I get to be creative at my job where I'm a landscape designer and that really feeds my creativity. Now you are 
working for an interior design firm. And so I imagine that you get plenty of opportunities to give input and do that, use that creative side of your brain a lot, as well as the other side too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great, I think, like merging and just ability of, um, you know, the, the sort of like the art, the science, the like people, you know, component of, of it, which I love, whether it's, you know, my employees, my coworkers, um, or my clients. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. The and my, my students. So. Say that part again. I said, and at Lucky Star, the students too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, they are. Okay, so tell me, what were some of the most awesome, memorable events that you did out in California? Wow. Um, well, I would say they're, they range, they're sort of like two um, opposite ends, or not opposite ends of the spectrum, um, but I think just very different ones. There were some amazingly personal weddings um, that I planned and designed, um, one in particular for um, someone who was very environmentally conscious and wanted me to work only um, in an ideal world with a very limited amount of locally sourced blooms, but predominantly native plants for all of our centerpiece um, design and the ceremony as well. So it was, and then they ended up then using those plants to landscape their new, the yard of their new Oh, wow, smart. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like that was a first request of um, that magnitude, but um, you know, or that that type of request. But I loved it because it was so personal to them, and then the fact that this um, you know art that we were creating was then going to you know live with them for right. quite quite some time. What so a that, cool challenge! Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, um, that was a fun one. I mean, and I, I had the pleasure of working with the most amazing, um, clients, you know, from the wedding side of things. I also being in, um, Los Angeles had the opportunity to kind of dabble in some events in the entertainment industry and there were some, um, one that kind of sticks out in my, my mind was one that I did for Paramount Studios and just pushing, you know, me, um, another was BMW, like just these, you know, these companies who were progressive, who were open, you know, to the ideas, um, the conceptual vision, and just wanted to ultimately create the best experience for their event attendees, um, you know, and their, their clients and customers. That's really cool. It's exciting when people are, when your client is open to your ideas. 
Well, and like in the BMW clients, I mean, they were from Germany coming into Santa Monica for the launch of um, a new vehicle and basically, you know, press events, launching it to, um, you know, to the community. And so they really relied on our local knowledge, you know, but then obviously keeping it still very inherently tied to BMW and, you know, that, that company um, culture and heritage. That's awesome. What drew you to the floral design side of things? I, um, I, it will, it was interesting. So I was living in Corona del Mar. I had, um, recently planned and designed my, um, you know, the, the wedding and had also started to dabble in um, gardening over the weekends just to like get out and enjoy the amazing weather. And it was a bit of a stress relief from a, a, a stressful time in my career. And I think, you know, I just am, when it, when it comes to floral, I'm so inspired by the fact that every bloom, like whether it's a species or it's the blooms within a species, they're all unique and all um, different, you know, like just like us. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but it's so true no, that just but- like to look at each of them and recognize um, that inherent like beauty. I think there was just something like now I can't even say I have a favorite flower. Like I swear it yeah. changes with the season, the day, my mood, <laughs> who knows, you know? Yeah. Well, and that they start with a tiny little seed, you know? And even the seeds are also unique. Like, oh, yeah. I'm looking at my yeah. hand as if I'm holding a bunch of different seeds right now. Oh. But, I mean, you and I are in similar, uh, you know, with me being in landscape design, I also grow a garden and flowers and do flower arranging for work. So I'm with you. They're all different. And it would be like picking a favorite child, which I'm not capable of. You know, they're, they're all so unique. And to watch them grow and to, to be the one who plants the seed, too, has always been, like, such a cool thing for me. Absolutely. Because it's just so satisfying to see them come to bloom, you know, and then to bring them into your house. Or to present them to someone as a gift or, you know, at a party. It's just flowers are forever. They're they're so cool. Uh, Well, and I mean, and to that point too, like it's, um, you know, there's the preservation, the dried aspect of it. I'm venturing out, you know, this year a bit because, you know, I've been a a bit of a fresh flower (laughs) snob at my last um you know lucky star camps but I am excited because I think there is something you know to be said about that preservation that dried nature that then you can appreciate them you know beyond the typical um lifespan so yeah oh yeah and what's cool about dried to me is that well okay so for for me on the ranch where I work and I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing flower arrangements in the summer, in the spring, it starts out, you know, I'm using wildflowers and then I supplement with other things. 
from that I can buy. But in the winter months, you got to get creative if you want to use. But there's so much out in nature that you can pull from, and it the whole dried aspect gives you. I don't know, like more texture, different textures and a whole different color palette, obviously. But you get just as much variety in dried as you do in fresh. Oh, and I think and sometimes like the warmth that maybe you're desiring during those colder months to like to your point comes through in the color palette, you know, or mm-hmm. um, the texture and like the, you know, assortment of pods or, you know, like pine cones, I mean, whatever it might be. Right. I mean, we're such a leaves. of, yeah, leaves, exactly, to, you know, at your disposal. Grass seed heads have been a big player in my dried arrangements that I've done in the past, which is, uh, that's a whole, I mean, there's a ton of different kinds of grasses. It's, I mean, it's like, it's mind blowing and boggling and I can't even wrap my hand, like my head around, um, all of it. I know, I feel like I know so much more about floral and then you and like your, you know, plant and landscaping knowledge is just, I mean, insane to me. It's, um, but so, so many options. Well, I'm excited about your classes before we start talking more about your classes, though, tell me what a day is like for you right now. Like, when are your favorite days? What does that look like? Goodness. Um, I mean, I would say the favorite days are the ones that involve the mix of my operational um, management and strategic duties of leading the design firm coupled with an opportunity to design an arrangement for our clients um, as a leave behind, you know, during an installation or um, as an event that we're hosting or even a seasonal photo shoot you know, that we might be scheduling and working with um, our um, owner, Carla, you know, on on that vision. Because again, it just enables that ability to tap into all of the things, you know, that that I love to do and just and achieve an overall balance. I like that. What do you do outside of work for fun? I am extremely passionate about music, um, all genres. You know that I um, <laughs> recently invited you and Roger to maybe join us at a Red Rocks show. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> hate Red Rocks. I would hate to get that. I know. The worst. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, um, it's like I played the piano growing up. Sadly, my piano is in storage right now, which I can't wait to rectify that. Um, but I love live music, um, listening to that. I do quite a bit of, um, hiking over the weekends. Yes, I will still hike two hours in the current heat that we have here in Southern Texas. Um, it's not my favorite time of year, (laughs) but I suck it up and I do it, um, because I still just love to get, you know, 
out in, in nature no matter the time of year. So you and I both love live music. And recently you came to Kerrville and went to the Folk Festival with me and Roger. Yes. And that was so much fun. We've actually gotten to see two concerts together recently. The Avett Brothers when they came. Yes, which you've been trying to get me to. Yes, they came to Texas. Yes, and my my first time seeing them, and that was... Oh my gosh. What was that? What's the name of that venue outside of Austin? Oh gosh. Whitewater. Whitewater. That is one of my favorite current, yeah, venues around, um, around the area. Yeah. I I love that place. That was our first time to go there. I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. So hiking and music, those are two of my favorite things too. Um, no wonder I, we were roommates. Exactly. We were good roommates. <laughs> Despite all kinds of shenanigans, <laughs> we were great roommates. So, you know, that is leading me to asking you about your classes this year. And I'm super thrilled to have two new classes coming from you, but also one of your OGs, the um, floral, fet, fall centerpiece, but it's got a new twist of the drive this year. So I'll let you start there. Tell us about the centerpiece class first. Sure. Um, So it essentially just stems from obviously the fact that we are approaching the holiday season like right around the corner when camp time um, comes around and I think you know we're all interested in setting this um, amazing tablescape for ourselves our friends our families Um, and I know this because obviously not having been Um, professionally trained in floral, I went in thinking, oh, there's no way, you know, that I could ever create these, um, you know, beautiful arrangements. But really, with understanding basic um, principles, a bit of like the um, mechanics, if you will, and then also the art form of it, it really is something that anyone can um, can do. So with the class, we start off with just talking about some of those basic principles, building the base, creating the focal, you know, adding the accent pieces that just um, give it movement, texture. Um, and then I um, approach floral design, and I learned this, you know, at the, the studio that I worked at, um, much like cooking or baking, like with a recipe, because oftentimes we had a budget that we needed to stay within. It wasn't a free-for-all, you know, for any of the arrangements we were sending out, and certainly not for the weddings um, that we were designing for. And um, so I'll, I'll create a recipe. I'll let the students know what that is, and then basically set a floral market. So just like if I was going to shop for they know what they're going um, to pick from and then probably learn, you know, a few new like species or blooms that they wouldn't have in the past. Um, And 
the the best thing about it is that the students get to show up with floral shears, gardening shears. That's it. I provide the rest. It's easy peasy. And they just need to be ready to get in touch with their inner flower child. <laughs> I love that. So I also, I don't want people who are traveling and like flying in to be afraid of taking this class because, I mean, you're going to come out with a centerpiece and you can always prep it for shipping and I can ship it home to you. So especially since it's not um, a fresh arrangement this year, it certainly should be able to ship pretty well. So that's a plus too. And I'm, and I'm also, you know, I, I hadn't included this, but what I can do is if anyone is interested in it, I could have an optional, even, you know, kit sign-on fee with some type of more professional, um, you know, shipping container for it. And I'm happy to explore that, you know, if there end up being um, students who are, who are interested in that. But I think, you know, also the most important thing to remember is that the, the principles that you're learning and you're taking away from the class that then you get to take and apply to the rest of the seasons for the rest of your life. So it's not just this like one time creation, but it's like, how do you cut certain stems? You know, how do you angle them and arrange them? And then you take that away and, you know, um, like one of my favorite cheats that I, um, and I'll, I'll share it here is with hydrangea. People don't know, but they drink from their petals. So if you get a batch at the grocery store and then the next day they're kind of wilty, well, stick the head in the water, it will rehydrate, give it a fresh cut and you've got more days. I didn't even know that one. That's awesome. Yeah. So all kinds That's of good. Great. Oh yeah. You've got all the good tips. Okay, so the next one, Bloom Bar, dried floral display. This is different from the centerpiece. It's not a centerpiece at all. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, I think it can be. There's sort of like multiple uses of it, and that's why um, what I love is kind of the the flexibility of it. But the, the concept is essentially inspired by European um, floral fields for the like the ones that you would see in Scandinavia and Germany and France, Italy. They're oftentimes like very um, linear and um, just like very, I mean, but beautiful in that sense and almost have like a modern, um, you know, tw- like twist to them versus say a European garden. So I'm talking about the fields where it's like all like one type of bloom and you just see the rows of the tulips or the rows of the, you know, the poppies. And um, Mm -hmm. so the concept is kind of inspired by that and then building a wooden base that we will ultimately drill small holes into so that dried flower stems can be inserted into them. Um, you could, you know, obviously use live blooms, but the, but using the dried gives us the flexibility of it having permanence. Um, I also would like to add the feature of hardware 
on the back of this wooden display piece. So it also can be mounted to the wall, you know, as a wall display, as well as um, tabletop uh, too. And it's, you know, as I said, like my class have typically have been more live bloom based, but this just seemed like a great opportunity to teach about working with dried materials. And, um, you know, the, the benefit is obviously that it never needs to be watered and it doesn't need to be replaced. Yeah. And it, well, in the, one of them that I've seen that you showed me a picture of, it's actually hanging from, like hanging on the wall, right? So just to kind of set the scene, think of like, not a two by four, but it'd be like a, I don't even know what measurement, one by two or? Well, I was actually thinking about, yeah, like more like a one by two and as much as probably 24 inches. So like two feet um, and, you know, in length. So a sizable piece, obviously, for um, for display. And I think there's also, it doesn't necessarily have to be a one size fits all, like within reason, um, if someone wants like a curved piece, someone else, you know, wants a hanging piece. Um, another one wants a very like modern, minimal, straight edge. I can likely work, you know, to bring a little bit of uniqueness to those pieces. And then again, the basic principles of the drilling the holes, the picking of the tones, the textures, that ultimate design can transition no matter where someone wants the, the piece displayed. And you get to use power tools. Yeah. <laughs> that was exciting. Getting crazy with a Dremel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's really fun. And it's supervised craziness with a Dremel. <laughs> so do you think a branch could work? Like if someone had... Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. It just like, came to me. Yeah, there, um, and, and I think, you know, it also could be whether like someone wants it free flowing, you know, and hanging off of a branch and twine, or again, if it's, um, and, and I think I go back, like, I hate to say it, but I go back to ultimately you want to take the principles away that right. then enable you to do different versions based on a room, a season, a gift maybe that you want to to give. So I really think the possibilities are, you know, are pretty endless. Right. With the skills that you'll learn from this class. Okay. Last but not least, Kokedama Mama is the third class that you're offering. Another new one. Yes. Tell me about this one. Um, so Kokedama is a form of Japanese garden art. It's actually um, hilariously sometimes referred to as the poor man's ikebana. Um, but it is um, similar in the fact that it highlights the exposed root system. So oftentimes, like when you're working with gardening, obviously the root system is, you know, you've purchased it in a container, it's compact, you may be moving it from as it grows from one container to the next. But this is a little different in that you actually are um, removing that root ball 
and then kind of allowing the roots more freedom um, and accessibility and then covering them in a new root ball that is a special soil and clay mixture. And that's something I will um, describe in more detail. And it also varies based on the plant that you decide to display in, um, in these pieces. And the root ball and that soil mix are then covered in moss and it basically creates a new root ball. And then much like we were talking about with bloom bar, which can be suspended or displayed on a wall, these individual displays can be done flat um, on a piece of driftwood or, you know, some other container on the table. They can be done in groupings or they are oftentimes um, displayed strung with twine, some type of string, or if you want the appearance of floating, then in, um, in fishing line. And oh, wow. they, um, the moss really helps to create the moisture balance, and they're cared for by occasionally submerging um, them in water or spraying them. Um, and we typically will select plants that thrive in a little bit more of a drier environment. So they're not as um, care intensive as, you know, some, some other plant, uh, plants can be. And they just have a very cool Zen kind of minimal vibe to them. They're so pretty. I'm, I'm really excited about these. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And when you first sent me this idea, I was like, oh, yeah, that's really awesome. So it's kind of like it's a different kind of container gardening because yeah. you're dealing, you're, 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 you're creating the, the bare root and, and then making the mixture, which is also fun. It's like making dough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's just, and it's been super inspiring to me to learn so much more about um, the, the ideal soil mixtures for different plants. And that's one of the reasons I, I encourage people to, as an option, bring their own plants um, but I will be providing them also as part of the supply kit just so that we can manage the soil consistency in the right way that those particular plants are going to survive. But everyone will walk away understanding that different plants require a slightly different soil mix and then can go home and do the same thing with an entire, you know, different, different plant version. That's very cool. I love it. Love your classes. I'm so excited about them. I think they're going to be a big hit. So, Emily, were you a creative kid? We've never talked about this before. Yeah. You played the piano. It's funny. So, um, my mom refuses to take credit for this. She's like so modest. But um, she encouraged my creativity always, all the time. Like, for example, I remember when, um, you know, I like would paint or draw, you know, on 
the walls and like some kids would get in so much trouble. And my mom is like, this is the most beautiful masterpiece ever. And then I would go and take a nap and then I would forget. And she would literally repaint the walls. (laughs) Of course she did. (laughs) All Florence, we love you. Awesome. Um, But I drew, I drew a lot. I wrote short stories and I played the piano. I was obsessed with drawing my own little leprechaun <laughs> and snooping. leprechaun? <laughs> and you know I have Snoopy and Woodstock in my, yeah. you know, in a prominent yeah. piece in my bedroom. So it goes against <laughs> Okay, but, okay, I get Snoopy. Why the leprechaun? <laughs> Who doesn't Did you watch that? Derby <laughs> O'Neill and the Little People? Do you remember that movie? Did you ever see that? <laughs> I, bet, I bet it was that. <laughs> I'll have to see if my mom has a picture. I'll bring it to camp. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So... Do you have any favorite Lucky Star camp memories? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I I love, I think, the, um, so I think there's two, no, there's three, like three big takeaways for me. One is when um, one of the students like gets in touch with a creative side that they didn't think they had. And they are so proud and stinking excited about what they created, whether it's a centerpiece, it's a, um, you know, holiday wreath or a floral crown. And just that, this like smile and happiness, you know, that they have and like that is just the best feeling ever. Um, I love our mealtime where we just get to like share and talk about the experiences that we had, whether it was as a student or as a teacher who we met, you know, and then sometimes like sitting with a different group every night, but just never having the conversation falter. And then who doesn't love campfire sing-alongs at the end of the night? <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Not, it's the best. It's so much fun. And Mandy is hilarious. I mean, she just makes me laugh until I'm practically being my pants. She's so funny. And like her dry sense of humor is like my love language. <laughs> uh, she cracks me up. And I like watching people be around her for the first time because they don't know how to take her. Is she bringing her van this time? Uh, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe she will. Ooh, and she could teach a class in her van. <laughs> I'm kidding. Although she probably could. No, her class has gotten so big, there's no way they would all fit in that van. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. 
So one of my favorite things about camp too is um, my roomie, you, <laughs> and our late night conversations. <laughs> if we, as we're like holding our eyeballs open with pit, with toothpicks after we've gone and put up the signs at like midnight. Yeah, yeah. You could tell me any horrible thing that you've ever done about yourself, and I probably will not even remember it ever because I am so exhausted when I come to bed at night and we always are like chit-chatting and, and I'm like oh my gosh the best times it's like a slumber party it is it absolutely is and you put up with my with my snoring <laughs> and you put up with mine <laughs> snoring sisters unite <laughs> I'm gonna make a t-shirt this year <laughs> oh yeah your snores are so much cuter than mine. <laughs> Mine's more like honking. <laughs> Yours is just cute and sweet. <laughs> oh, well, I'm thrilled. Like, I can't tell you how much I love having you at camp and how much I appreciate all your support over the years and that you are doing this with me. Oh it my is huge. Well, it's it's happy, just the best thing ever. Happy 10th anniversary. I mean, what oh, an amazing milestone. I am so proud of you and this vision and this dream that you talked to me about years, you know, and years ago. And here you are still doing it. With you. <laughs> With the help of you and the most awesome team of women coming to Lucky Star and teaching at Lucky Star. And it's just, I mean, honestly, it's so rewarding to see all of the bright, shiny faces and the excitement. And like you said, to watch people see a side of themselves that they don't get to see very often in their day-to-day -day life. It's just, it's a chance to come and be a side of you that, that you just don't get to do all the time. And it's, it's incredible to watch. And I'm so glad you're there. Thank you for having me. And Again, thanks for I being on the podcast. Is this course. your first podcast? Yes. I was so nervous. <laughs> you did great. Nervous. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Emily. And I look forward to all your classes. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Lucky Star is a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp that takes place each fall in the Texas Hill Country. For dates and more information about our upcoming camps, visit our website at www.luckystarartcamp.com or Find us on Instagram at Lucky Star Art Camp.